Poe. You have pleaded guilty to manslaughter in the first degree. With your military skills, you are a deadly weapon and are not subject to the same laws as other people that are provoked because you can respond with deadly force. It is the order of this court that you be remanded to a federal penitentiary where you shall remain incarcerated for a term not less than seven to ten years. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. is Cheap Seat Reviews. Hello and thank you for listening to Cheap Seat Reviews, the podcast that explores the Hollywood film industry for the greater good. The greater good. Oh, thanks, the Andrew. The greater good. Oh, that's, that's not Sam. That's creepy. This is episode 321, 321, all the way to Boone. And tonight we're talking about Con Air. Con Air. That's right. I am Sean Allred. And joining me tonight is Andrew is out saving the whales or recycling his sandals. Jimison. That sounds about right. Yeah? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's just, yeah, that sounds right. Less is more. That sounds pretty normal. And that voice, of course, you're hearing is not Sam. Sam is taking a, a, another week off. His wife had some stuff happen uh, medically, and so he needs to be home doing not this. So with us tonight is Stephen, always hides from the police on top of fire trucks, Everett. Please call me Steve. I, I, I will. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> um, and and uh, J- John Cusack is my hero. Anyway. Uh, oh well, is he? That's good. That's good to know. Yeah. And and of course, with his intro, with that, I must. Uh, I am financially obligated to do this. Steven. There you go. I thought you'd Love forgotten. It. I was going to sing it. No, <laughs> that would have been great. <laughs> can you, can you been... take it down the octave though? Yeah, I can. I can sing all the parts at the same time, which is pretty cool. Oh, that is that is pretty that's pretty great. I'd love to it's hear that. Just as good as my rapping skills, by the way. <laughs> Do you have a? Uh, is this a pen in your hand? It yeah, is. I was just noticing that it looks like a cigarette while you're yeah, holding that. Honestly, I was like, are you whiskey. ripping darts on the podcast now? <laughs> no, no, no. That would be an apple pencil. Mm. <laughs> I have a oh. pen. I have an apple. Uh, okay, sorry. I have five of those. Oh. Well, I hope you uh, got a good deal on them or something. This is Con Air, 1990-somethings, 1997's Con Air, with, of course, starring your your guy, your, your oh my gosh, my John, John Cusack, I got John Cusack, Nicolas Cage, my gosh, that was hard, that hurt. John Malkovich, this is mostly a John Malkovich movie. Yeah, you're, you're kind of right. It, this is definitely a movie where the, the, the villains are more highlighted than the hero. Yeah. Um, that's, that's definitely a thing. It's got, I mean, honestly, it's got a really good cast, even for 97, John Malkovich being Rames, Dave Chappelle, 
Uh, Steve Buscemi only has like four lines. Danny Trejo, who still looks like he's 60. (laughs) Um, MC Ganey. And then a bunch of... Cole Meany. Cole Meany. Yeah, of course, he's going to have to be our Star Trek connection for the the episode. And, uh, And of course, like you mentioned just a minute ago, John Cusack. And... My gosh. So the reason why we picked this movie simply is because whenever uh, I have uh, Steven on the show, I like to pull out movies that he and I watched as children. Well, this was in 97, so we would have been into high school. Steven, I think you were still in elementary school, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> I get to, oh my, you're younger than you? Uh, I like to, you know, Sam is our old guy. I guess you get to be the young guy on, 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 on set today. 36-year-old young guy. Yeah, that's right. Um <laughs> Uh, but this is one that you and I, I, I'm pretty, I feel pretty confident you and I watched about a thousand times. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. I honestly, watching this again for this, uh, like halfway through, I was like, what are you doing? Like you can quote the rest of this movie. It's like Monty <laughs> Python on the Holy Grail at this point. I was like, yeah. stop watching this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like some most of the other movies that you and I have done for the show. It's like, do we really need to rewatch Die Hard? No, but do we want to? Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But I, I don't. I don't hold uh, Con Air in the same regard as Die Hard. But it's it is close. You're oh, right. No, no, no. No, no. You're right. No, it's not. Um, and honestly, I don't even hold. I mean, Con Air is my th- third favorite. Probably my third you, favorite. Third favorite movie of all time. No, my third favorite. <laughs> um. Uh, Nicholas Cage movie of all time. Wait, let me guess the other two. Okay. Raising Arizona. No. Oh, wow. National Treasure. <laughs> no. Yeah, now, now that you think about it, though, it's a pretty entertaining flick. No, no, National Treasure. I do kind of have a warm place in my heart for National Treasure. National Treasure might be like fourth. Yeah, okay. Honestly. Wait, so not Raising Arizona. Wait, what about, is it Snake Eyes? Are it's... You, I, I do like Snake Eyes, weirdly. Oh, no, no, no. It's that Gone in 60 Seconds movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, that actually might be number two. Mm. It is. Wait, it's not like Ghost Rider for no, some reason, uh, is it? No, gosh, no. I, I can't believe neither one of you said The Rock. Oh, yeah. Yeah, The Rock was number one. What I was going to say is number two is Spider-Man Into the, into the Spider-Verse. Okay. Because because okay. uh, I'll give you that one. Because his his version of noir Spider Man is amazing. I mean, well, it's, he's, it's that's the best thing that he's ever done. I mean, like ever, right? Like when he's he's in the in the cave and there's wind blowing, and he goes, "Why is there wind blowing? We're in a basement." And he's like, "The wind always blows where I am." You know, it just he's great. Uh anyway, he's uh, Nicholas Cage is a national treasure. Sure, and. Uh, no, those, those, I didn't, I haven't seen Ghost Rider 2. I think, honestly, the second Ghost Rider <laughs> movie is like the only Marvel property I've never seen. The people who made Ghost Rider 2 are the only people who have ever seen Ghost Rider 2. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're not wrong. Have you heard, do you know my theory about Nicolas Cage? No. Okay, so basically, you know, his, his uncle is Francis Ford Coppola, and so nepotism got Nick Cage in the door yeah. early on, but he was talented. And the thing with Nick Cage is most careers, he's basically Benjamin Button. Like, <laughs> right out of the gate, he's in Leaving Las Vegas. Thank you, Elizabeth Shue. Incredible. You're wonderful. Nicolas Cage did a, a decent job in that movie. He won an Academy Award. And then he was like, all right, well, I started at the end. 
And yeah. so he just was like, all right, well then I'll just do the reverse. And that's what he's done. And just every year he's in a worse movie. Yeah. Yeah. And now then, he's straight to Netflix. Yeah. And it's just like everybody's dad is like, well, they're not that bad, you know, and that'll be us soon. Like we'll be apologizing for the next Nicolas Cage to our grandkids. Pretty soon he'll be wearing khaki pants and a red shirt in a State Farm commercial. Well, no, I think that's insulting to Jake from State Farm. But the rip. The, the thing about Nicolas Cage is, is that, and Steven's idea is, is 100% accurate, I think. But what's interesting is that like on the roller coaster down, you still need to have one bump to go up to give you some more momentum to go down right yeah so like so like for your in your example for you know like you said you have the uh you know he has to he has to climb up right i mean fast times at ridgemont high he's only in it for about five seconds right and he's got you know rumble fish valley girl and then he does raising arizona so there you go and then from then you know you're gonna have to do a bunch of other really bad stuff like Things I've never heard of: Free Birds, Wild at Heart. Wild at um, Heart is a great movie. Uh, then he does Guarding Tess. No, okay, fine. Yeah. Leaving Las Vegas. Okay. And then he does The Rock, Con Air, and Face Off, which are like. Yeah. Yeah. That's the part Face of the coaster. Is, is a decent film. They're fun. They're just what's, a lot of fun. What's funny is that Driving Tess is like, well, <laughs> basically just homework for uh, driving Miss Daisy. Just like, <laughs> you know. And I think those movies came out in reverse order, which is funny because it was like, well, it worked for Driving Miss Daisy. What if we take the racial element out of this that made the movie happen? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> still made a movie. Like, oh, it'll it'll suck. That's what'll happen. And then he tries to do like a rom, not a rom com, but a rom drama, and with City of Angels, and mm. then Snake Eyes, and then Eight Millimeter, Gone in sixty seconds. Uh, Captain Corelli's mandolin. Like to me, these are all just kind of the same, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, like I really this, like Captain Corelli's mandolin. Though. It's a good a, movie. It's it's, movie. it's not bad. Wind Talkers is not terrible. I mean, we did it for the show. We all kind of liked it. Um, he's not great in it, but the movie itself is actually pretty good. Okay. Um, and then does National Treasure and Lord of War. Uh, we liked Lord of War, and I think he's actually pretty good at that movie. And then, oh yeah. And then here come then it's where it starts to get kind of bad. Yeah, the next era, next Ghost Rider, World Trade Center. Oh, um, yeah. uh, like I said, next. Let's see the um, Bangkok oh. Dangerous, Knowing, Bad knowing. Lieutenant, Knowing, Sorcerer's Apprentice. He's actually okay in because it's Disney and he gets to pretend like he's a he's a wacko magician. And that kind of fits yeah. him. Like I think he actually thinks he does know magic. So <laughs> he's like Steven Seagal. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Steven Seagal just still convinced that he's twenty six years old. I've been doing karate for like forty five years. Yeah. Um and then he's just in a bunch of stuff, right? Something called Joe, Rage, Outcast. He did a Left Behind movie, which was bad. Uh, the Runner, Pay the Ghost, The Trust, Dog Eat Dog, Snowden, USS Indianapolis, Men of Courage. That's the one about the boat that goes down Dude, with and the honestly, sharks. honestly, like, yeah, I, I was so excited to see that that movie got greenlit or somebody was actually making a movie about the Indianapolis because it's such a cool story. Yeah. And then I saw like, who it was and I was just like, well, I'll wait. It's kind of like when Midway came out this past year and yeah. then you see who's directing it and you're like, well, never mind. <laughs> I still haven't seen Midway. Sam says it's kind of fun. But it's still not great, dude. 
Yeah, don't worry about it, man. It's an um, Emmerich movie. It's all. It's, it's like this. It's like the rest of his movies. Oh, I forgot it was Nolan Emmerich that did it. Yeah, that's a that's a director that has the same kind of career path, right? Like he does Independence Day, and we're all like, yay! And then from there, it's just mm. yeah. Well, that campiness, you know, that that is pervasive in all '90s movies. You know, it, there's a lot of directors that thought that they could just kind of ride that into the new millennium, and, and people were like, "No, that." Uh, yeah, that needs to. We stay. don't do that anymore. Yeah, that stays there. The last I'll mention of him is that he, I think he's kind of have a little bit of, you know, so he does Mandy. From what I've been told, the horror film is really, really good, and he's really good in it. I mean, it's one of the best horror films in the last five years. Again, I haven't seen it. It's just what I've been, I've been, I've read and heard. Who told you that? Uh, you did. No, it was a couple of podcasts I listened to. They were talking about different horror movies, and one of the horror movies they mentioned was, in fact, Mandy and how good it was. Um, yeah. Him in, in Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse, he's really good in that. Uh, the Teen Titans go to the movies as Superman is really funny. Um, and honestly, I'm actually kind of interested to see what the untitled Joe Exotic Project... They're, I know they're making a miniseries out of the Tiger King and he's going to be Joe Exotic. But do you think really? we'll do you think at some point we'll do like a Title 9 thing with movies where it's like if you make a movie glorifying uh like a, a train wreck of humanity. You know, like <laughs> like the Tiger King movie will be like if you're if you're glorifying like Walmart people you also have to make like an educational biopic about like Werner von Braun. You know? <laughs> okay, yeah. I like I like that like, idea. Yeah, you're 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 allowed to to sell the popcorn and do the blockbuster picks, but you also have to like greenlight some passion projects about you know the third world and like dolphins. Yeah, no, I like this idea. I like this. Like we we need to we need to balance out the trash. You know, it's yeah. like we need. If you're gonna eat the Snickers, you still need a salad. So, right. Exactly. I like yeah, it because if because it, it feels like everybody just realizes how good Snickers are, and so that we we just were bombarded with Snickers. Yeah. And what I would give for some like microwavable broccoli. Sometimes <laughs> I wear my Snickers into Walmart. <laughs> Sorry, you caught me off guard with microwavable broccoli. Um, yeah. Anyway, I, I Con like, Air. Con Air. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we haven't done kind of a lot of our, our normal uh, stuff with a script, but I don't really care. It's, you know, Steven's here. We're going to do whatever the hell I want. Um, you hear that, Andrew? So, yep. <laughs> Andrew, do you, uh, do you got a five-word review? You want to you wanna smack us in the face with your five-word review? Ooh. Wait, me? Andrew. Okay. Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah. Here it comes. Here it Ready? comes. Yeah. Buckle up. Nicholas Cage is the worst <laughs> at everything that he does. Nicholas Cage is my Ben Stiller. No, oh, that's right. I forgot you. You. You kind of hate Nicholas Cage. I this movie. I couldn't even enjoy. I rolled my eyes out loud a few times. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and do you think if you subtracted the quote unquote southern accent? Uh, do you oh, think? Oh, accent aside, this is still terrible. This I think, accent, I it, it, a little bit deeper, and he's Forrest Gump. Yeah, I think accent aside is probably the direction they gave him when they started filming this movie. Hey, man, accent aside, don't worry about that. I mean, 
it just, it wasn't, I didn't, I've seen this movie before, but I remember not thinking it was all that great. It's just action and more action on top of action with some explodium mm-hmm. and, you know, planes. That's, that's it. Wait, There's, and, and, and the sick car that, you know, call Meanie's car is super nice. Yeah. The, the, the vet, yeah. Oh, and then the Steve I don't Buscemi. think anybody in this movie, other than John Cusack, was a good actor. <laughs> I, I mean, they're they're top notch people. They've yeah. done fine things. Yeah, but Ving Rhames. Like this was I'd a watch buddy. Ving this Rams was a, be Ving Rams. This was a buddy film where they just got together and, and had fun blowing stuff up. That's how I see it. I. I you can't, can disagree. It's okay. No, I actually don't really disagree. I disagree on. I, I I agree with everything you say, except that I still love it. Like like it's it's it, this is this this is the Snicker bar that not only has Snickers but it's also got like cheddar cheese and pickles. Like it's got all this weird stuff that doesn't really fit together, and yet I still love it. See, this is the grandpa wearing a string bikini in Walmart for me. That's what this is. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, we're not all into that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> what, I think what makes this movie adorable, and I say adorable because <laughs> I really think they made this movie and they were like, we just nailed the shit out of this. Like, I, <laughs> they thought, like, they had made an incredible movie that was like gripping and like really held you on the edge of your seat. And then all of us went and saw it and we were like, this is hilarious. And like, you know, how ham handed Nicholas Cage is with the accent and it's not from anywhere. You know, there's just so much of it that is comical and you have so much like uh, disbelief that you're having to work through about like who could overpower whom and like, you know, who has the power in any dynamic and like, you know, this guy, Steve Buscemi, is this, like, stone-cold killer, oh, but yeah. it looks like he couldn't lift, you know, like a, a heavy Buscemi. grocery bag. You know, it's just, <laughs> there's so many things. But I really think it's not one of those, like, expendables where they just made a buddy movie and they were like, we just all want to work together, let's go. I think they got, like, Malkovich committed because he thought the script was cool. And then you had, like, John Cusack was like, yeah, I'll be, like, a hot federal agent that drives a com- convertible for a second. I'm kind of busy this year. And then a bunch of people just said yes, and then they were like, oh, my God, this is awful. And then they had to put it out, and then we loved it for a different reason than they wanted us to love it. And that's, to me, what makes it so special. Uh, Steve Buscemi. What's the point of his character? There's no point in that character. It, I mean, There's legit no in the story. He gives you know, somebody's <laughs> got to make boner jokes. It's a '90s movie, so somebody has to be like, "Oh yeah, what about the girls?" Though? <laughs> yeah, I, I think he Steve Buscemi's character is to serve literally like one purpose: is to we need all these guys in this movie are 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 terrible killers and villains, but they're all cartoon characters. So let's create a character that legitimately seems terrifying. Because no one, you're not scared of any of these other guys. You're not scared of pinball. Hell, even John Malkovich. He's again, he's such a, a a Saturday morning cartoon villain. I'll get you, he man. Like you don't really, you're not. Well, his sc- name rhymes. Nobody scary has a rhyming name. Yeah, Cyrus <laughs> the virus. Like, right. So yeah, exactly. So, but whereas you get this guy. I mean, first of all, Bashimi, he looks weird. Right. He's always looked weird. He has made a Hollywood career out of being a weird looking dude. 
crazy guys. Yeah, and the fact that that in Hollywood, if you're five eleven, you're considered tall. So here comes this guy that's six two, and he's like a hundred and eight pounds. He looks just weird and creepy, but you're not wrong. Like having him like in all the Hannibal Lecter stuff, it it did seem like a little bit over the top. You're not wrong, Stephen. You could have you know, you could have put like you know you could have wrapped him in some um, some two ply toilet plate t- toilet paper, and I think you would have secured him to the plane. Yeah, uh, but at the same time, like you know, there's there's a lot of movies where that I think you know I, I'm a singer songwriter for a living, and there's a lot of art that I make that I'm so glad that no one's ever going to find out about, but that's (laughs) also like very integral to the process. And I'm always like, I'll try anything. Like I wrote a screenplay and it's garbage, but maybe the next one will be good. You know? So I understand that, you know, you're taking risks and you're like, all right, we have this cast. We're going to do it like this. And the light's going to look this way. And then you get on location, you got like 13 days and the light doesn't cooperate and the plane sucks. And like, you just, it's not coming together. And then you're like, well, we have to film something and you just make the best of it. And I really, this is such a tragedy that turned into like a beautiful dance. Here's something that bothered me out in the middle of the effing desert. You have this boneyard of airplanes, but we have to drive through that because there's no other way we can get to the to the hangar yeah. unless we drive through that boneyard. There's just no other way except for the other 100 acres of desert that happen to be around <laughs> the hangar. Yeah. No, you're you're no, again, it's just some, it's, 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 just it's a it's a 90s stupid. thing, right? The in I the know. 90s police officer unless your your main character is a cop, cops suck. Right, police officers suck. The military guys, they all suck. And you're you're one hundred percent right. Like anyone can see, this is a good place for an ambush. We should go through it. It, I mean, you're not wrong, Andrew. Like all that stuff is dumb as hell. And like every time you see John Malkovich firing a gun, he's firing a different weapon. I mean, you know, first he's on the the M16, and then he's got a shotgun, and he's killing people at a hundred yards, and then he's on the pistol. I mean, it's just. And there, everything's exploding. Like you would have figured that a boneyard that there wouldn't be fuel in everything, but everything is made of explodium. I mean, planes are just exploding left and right, and it's crazy, and it's it's awesome. Well, we also <laughs> store our propane tanks there. Yeah, there's, every every airplane runs on propane. <laughs> I don't understand why there are thousands of full propane tanks. Uh, I don't know because we needed it to. The script needed it to. I don't know, Stephen. Did you do a five word review for this? I forgot to remind you about it. Oh, no, I, I didn't, but I'm going to do one just off the top of my head. Are you ready? Yes. Look out, nerds. Con Air. <laughs> okay. There you go. I like it. That's that's great. I like it a lot. Oh, my gosh. The, the one that I came up with was Intense Flying Action Tropes Yeehaw. Yeehaw being Ooh. one word. Of course, a hyphenate. Yeah. Uh, not only tropes, but puns. Yeah, and honestly, I, honestly, I, I'm here for the puns. And <laughs> I, I love the fourth wall kind of like being brushed up against, you know, and just like a, a, a moment where they where they linger and kind of like, this is for you guys. I, yeah, I also kind of in, am endeared to the fact that this movie is not a movie of dialogue. It's a movie of one-liners. There's mm-hmm. almost very little true just dialogue between people. It's just 
one-liners. You know, John Cusack sees Poe for the first time, and he's like, he says the joke, and he's like, that's a joke. I'm glad you told me. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> that's not dialogue. It's just one, you know, it's just zingers off of each other. And and I love the movie for it. I know, uh, Andrew, you're, you're not a fan, and that's fine. And honestly, <laughs> was this would this movie be better with someone else in the lead? Yeah, it would be. Would it be as fun? I don't know. Maybe not. I mean, in '97, fixed it though. But if say you put you put Bruce Willis in the lead in '97, forget the accent. We don't need the accent. The Southern thing. I mean, that was my first note. My literally first note was yeah. okay. Okay, let's just get it out of the way. Yes, his accent sucks. Right. Well, it's great if he's from like Savannah and is going to engage in a debutante ball. Yeah. I do declare. Uh, yeah, let's just have Foghorn Leghorn out there doing it. But, but Long so has the grass. Right, anyway, so Andrew, you said that the thing that you that bothered you the most here to me, honestly, in this movie of nothing that's believable, in this in this movie of a fantasy of, I mean, this is science fiction. What this movie is, right? Yeah. In all of that, the thing that is the most unbelievable to me is that there is an Alabama judge. That would sentence a guy for ten years for defending his wife, his pregnant wife. That would not happen in Alabama. He would be no. given a medal. I'm just saying. Not a white guy. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I I kind of think the how he gets to jail. I know he has to in order to get to jail. He has to still be the hero, but like, it doesn't seem real in my opinion. But. You yeah, and, and you're one line of dialogue away from that being totally believable. It, from you know, just like uh, his his attorney just being like, "Hey, you know that you know the district attorney lost his wife to a drunken bar fight, you know, so he just has a no tolerance." But you know, like it's one line of dialogue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that lawyer was terrible too. Crappy film. <laughs> <laughs> I get to see my daddy. On July 27th, July 27th is my birthday. Yeah. All right, opening scene of this movie. Yeah. Unnecessary. What, you mean the fight scene at the bar? No. I mean, like, opening credits. Oh, the we Army have... Rangers, blah, 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 oh. blah. The fact that we got Powers Booth uh, yeah. saying stuff. It, it, why is it there? I guess. Okay, we get the fact that he's an army ranger. We all know how cool they are. I'd love to meet one. Love to hang out, maybe. They all look like Nicolas Cage. They no. <laughs> that, that is the other thing. It's tough to look at Nicolas Cage and then hear the judge in that opening scene be like, You're a lethal weapon. We you know, you, <laughs> we can't just let you walk the streets, you you Adonis. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, he did, you know, when he when he was just wearing that wife beater. I mean, he's he's a big man, Cage, and he's got some big guns going on. So, uh, but no, you're you're not wrong. It the the judge part sucks, and it's 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 kind of frustrating and whatever. I don't care. It's dumb, but like again, I said, you know, my my words were my my words, my five words were tropes, right? Like. It's bad enough that he has to defend his wife, but what three idiots at a bar who, you know, hit on the on the bar waitress, right, see a guy come up in uniform and go, Yeah, we should pick a fight on that guy. Like that and then wait. Is that a thing? Like, the bar. Is that real or is that just something Hollywood does? Because I just 
I have a feeling like if like, hey, that but that waitress is hot. Oh damn, her husband's a, an army ranger. I'm gonna leave him the f alone, right? Or mm-hmm. or or buy him a beer. You know, I just I don't know. Again, I know you, we got to get him. You know to... what this movie is? It's just dawned on me. This movie is they basically all the ideas that that had been built up for how to make like male chauvinist action movies with one-liners and like campy dialogue and like explosions. And this is the cast of four movies that was just thrust together. And the studio was like, listen, we got one more before the tide shift, you know, politically and socially, and we're not going to be able to do this stuff anymore. Put all the cast together, put all the scripts together. Let's go. That's, that's what this feels like. Cause it really did after this movie, like it, it just kind of stopped happening like this. Oh my gosh! I just learned the greatest thing about what I just said. Thank you, Sean. That's I'm glad somebody's you know finally giving me my due. No, what you said is is kind of amazing. But this is this is this is the next level. Okay, so our director, his name is Simon West, and he has done movies that we've seen. Um, oh yeah. I mean, he did he did the Expendables two. Let's see, did he do one? He did the Mechanic in twenty eleven. Yeah. Uh, Laura Croft, Tomb Raider, The General's Daughter, which is a good movie. I mean, The General's Daughter is a good movie. That's kind of wait. A, Simon, Simon West did something that we reviewed recently. Uh, did he? Let me see. He did General's Daughter, Tomb Raider, The Mechanic, Expendables two, Stolen. Gunshy Skyfire. He's doing something now called The Legend Hunters. So I think this is our first Shane West movie. Uh Simon West movie, I mean. But Ooh. He did the uh, that was a terrible show called The Cape. <laughs> but he guys, he directed the music video for Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley. Oh my god, really? It's like his he just went up in points. Yeah. And also, he just rickrolled us. He he kind of did. <laughs> Our podcast just got rickrolled. That's amazing. He also did the Budweiser uh, Frog Frogs and Truck short, whatever that is. Oh, oh, he worked on Black Hawk Down. Oh, did he? How about that? As a producer? Yeah, he was a producer. Whatever it was, that's what a picture to be associated with. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, he's he's got some stuff. So in some of the trivia in this movie, and I'm not going to get too far into the trivia, but I'll, I'll say this. And to your point, both of you have made the point, and I, I wanted to kind of wait a little bit about this trivia before bringing it up because I wanted to see if you guys were catching in on it, is that the basically literally every day on set they were rewriting the movie. And there's one of the trivia, right. John Malkovich. <laughs> That's not surprising. Yeah, John no. Malkovich was unhappy during production because the script, the script was being rewritten virtually every day, and he had no idea how his character was going to turn out. I yeah. mean, honestly, same. Like, I, I, I've seen that movie 50 times, and I still, like, describe <laughs> that character. I mean, he's, like, a nice guy, but he's, like, a sociopath. And he's, like, a criminal, but he's kind of, like, you know, again. He's also a genius. Yeah, he's, yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, he has, I mean, yes, there are, there are, there are moments where he has this really great dialogue and then there's other times he has really bad dialogue and it's, it, it's super inconsistent, his character. But again, and you're not wrong, Stephen, with your mention at the beginning, this is not a Nicolas Cage movie. It, it kind of feels like a John Malkovich movie. You know, it, um, 
I'm not saying I'm rooting for him to win, but uh, I remember. Oh, yeah, I'm always as an adult when I watch this movie, I'm like, I hope they get away. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, that might have made this movie better. <laughs> well, Steve Buscemi, the honestly the worst of all of them, gets to go to Vegas and have a good time. Yeah, I he's felt, also the most misunderstood though. I felt good for him. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, and the the whole part with the kid was that all. I mean, we all knew that nothing was going to happen. This wasn't that kind of movie. It's not like we were, you know, going to see him walking back on the plane with the little doll, and then the the camera pans over to see her like ripped in half or something, right? Like, yeah. we, like this isn't that kind of movie. So I don't right. understand the point of it. Yeah, Nicolas Cage made that movie when he made 8mm. Okay? Yeah, yeah. This is probably what what is appetite. He was like, well, it's still the 90s. I guess I could get even darker. <laughs> I, the first time I saw this, I didn't expect to see her, but I didn't expect to see anything else. Like, I just expected she's just gone, yeah. and we are left to assume that something happened to her. Oh, man, I, I feel... I feel like movies like this, uh, you know, if you grew up when we grew up, this type of movie just like takes you by the hand and assures you within like two minutes of this movie starting, it's like, I'm not going to hurt you. Yeah. You know, and you're just like, <laughs> okay, yeah, everybody wins that I want to win. Nobody dies that I don't want to die. And uh, like everything's just cool. And you're like, yeah, that's this kind of movie. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you know, oh, this, here comes a rapist and he's going to, you know, uh, hurt this female guard. Well, not yeah. really, you know. And yeah. oh, here's Bubba. Oh, he's gonna get. He's dying from his from diabetes thing. Oh, he's gonna be okay. Oh, he gets shot, but he'll live at the end. You know, <laughs> I just. I mean, I felt bad for the character because like he's suffering the whole movie and then he gets shot in the gut. But of course, he makes it because you have to. I mean, it it would make the movie. Well, I mean, he was in Forrest Gump, you know, so he still had work to do. Yeah, I mean, and he was. Well, this Forrest Gump was before this, right? Wasn't Forrest yeah, Gump '96? I yeah, he's the, he's the one that helped train Nicolas Cage with his accent. He said, well, this is how Tom Hanks did it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, according to the trivia, Nicolas Cage went to Alabama to perfect his accent. Oh, my God. Yeah, well, he just didn't go long enough. I know? just... That's called immersive learning. Like, the thing he is, not like... immerse himself enough. Here's what I don't get about the accent stuff, right? Like, we, we've run into... We've, we've gotten to a point where... I have not seen Chernobyl. I heard it's really great. But one of the things that oh, yeah. that I've been told about it was really good is that the, all the actors that are in it are just doing their accents. We don't need um, that crazy guy that played Moriarty in the Sherlock Holmes movies. He's British. We don't need him to do a Russian accent. Just let him be British and it's fine. It's the Sean Connery uh aspect i yeah i guess but i mean like the like like kevin costner i don't really care that kevin costner doesn't have a british accent in prince of thieves i don't care no, that's a problem uh, yeah I, I wouldn't care if he didn't sometimes attempt it you know yes that's what makes it sad that is what makes it kind of annoying but that's my point is that there's no reason for i mean at what point did nicholas cage say this guy should be from alabama and i can do an accent and then director goes let me hear it and then Cage does it, and he goes, yes, we should keep doing that. Because in 97, Cage, I mean, I guess he's big enough that he could kind of make these, no, I'm going to do this accent. I, I mean, just. Hey, y'all, I'm going to do this accent. Like, <laughs> oh, mean, God, and you're going to be method. It's just. 
And the whole the whole movie, he's deadpan, right? He he never elevates, right? He's always, I'm just gonna live at a three, even when I'm yeah. kicking ass. I just live at a three, and that's just yeah. That's a, maybe that's why I don't like his character, because there's no emotional peaks. It's yeah, all but just, Clint Eastwood. No, even Clint Eastwood has a. I mean, when he gets mad, he 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 might not yell, but like his growl like brings up the intensity, and you get scared. I mean, that's also because he's a crazy old mean, guy that what talks do you mean to. When he gets mad. Well, okay, when when, and the times that he's not mad, you're like, oh, this is refreshing. He's not yelling <laughs> my, at an empty chair. Is I'm always mad. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's his that's his whole thing. But no, I just mean like when he's in like Heartbreak Ridge, he screams, you know, a command, and it's like, get over there. And you're like, are they supposed to hear this across like a canyon? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, go ahead. I see what you're saying. Yeah, it's like his his growl. But I mean, like, like the most the, the biggest emotional moment in the movie, the kind of Popeye moment in the movie is when um when Baby O gets shot and Baby O's lying there bleeding out saying, I don't think that there's a God. And he goes, Well, I'm gonna show you God does exist. Like this is his Popeye moment. But he just he he delivered like I just did. I'm gonna show you God does exist. And he gets up. I mean he he takes a round in the arm. He just keeps fighting. Like it's a cool scene, but give me some emotion, emote. Yeah. You know it's fine. Okay. <laughs> I still don't care. I still like the movie a lot. Yeah, honestly, uh, same. And that's that's because they you know they shoved all these people together and they were like, listen, we ran the analytics and there's a zero percent chance that men won't like this. <laughs> I mean, honestly, the only thing that they were missing, because this is a dude movie. This is really a dude movie. Oh, they, my God. There's yeah. only one and a half girls in this movie. I'm not counting the the Sally can't, dre- can't dance character, the dude that dresses up in the dress at the end. But like, well, I think that's dismissive, but go on. No, I'm like, <laughs> like no, that's, her, that's his name in the movie. No, I is, mean that you're not going to count that's why he's half. He's half. His his character name is Sally Can't Dance. So anyway, listen. The last time we you know separated the worst of people into fractions, it didn't go well. So let's just counter. <laughs> Fine. So you got yeah, we ended up at the electoral college because of that. You got you, you got very right. Um. So you got one woman. Well, there's there's so there's three women in the movie, right? Like there's his wife, who has very few things in this movie and i always kind of had a crush on her when, uh, when i was yeah what movie was it like chasing amy or something like that no. what uh, movie was she in she's in patch some... she's in patch adams is the other yeah. thing that i yeah, remember her from. Something before that before You're january jones and uh so she so before this she's in bulletproof as biker's woman and then, and then after this, she's in something called a cool, dry place, which is where I keep my rice. Um, the very hmm. thought of you, heaven or Vegas, without limits, and then Patch Adams. Uh, along came a spider. She was in Saw. Mm. Yeah, Along oh. Came a Spider um, was actually a pretty great movie. Mm-hmm. I was thinking of. Uh, she's in Parenthood. The very thought of you. Uh, Whatever. The very, the very thought of you. I've never heard of it. Yeah. Oh no, 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 no. I was thinking of I'm with Lucy. That's what it is. I got that confused with Chasing Amy. Well, the very. Hey, how th- much money do you guys think you spend a month on Instagram ads? 
<laughs> like targeted Instagram ads that you're scrolling through, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, maybe I do need those pants. Uh, I don't know. I someone did ask me though, just out of the blue the other day, if I washed my balls <laughs> on Instagram, and I thought. I just saw an ad this morning for ball wash. Like, is that a thing now? Oh, yeah. Oh, there's like a whole industry around your privates. Yeah. Sorry, I don't know how we got on this. I'm confused. Like, I, I'm not on Instagram <laughs> enough to know anything. Uh, so. Oh, oh they're, man, they're, they're really, they're targeting people really well. Like, I, I get ads for stuff that I'm like, oh, I, I didn't know that I needed that. But now that I see it, I, I do need that. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I mean, Instagram's owned by Facebook. And so those algorithms are going to be very similar. Uh, the scary stuff is like when I'm talking to my wife out loud about, right. mm, I really need a new pair of Skechers. And then within five minutes, Sarah's getting an ad on Facebook for Skechers. You know, like that, that's the fun stuff. Like I'm on my fifth or sixth rewatch of West Wing and all of a sudden I'm scrolling through Facebook and there's an ad. I'm not looking at the top and I'm, it's just a girl wearing a shirt and I'm like, okay, well, I'll read the shirt. Maybe it'll be funny. Who knows? And it says big block, big block of cheese day. And I thought well, that's a line from West Wing. And then I look at the top and it's called lemon dot shop. And it's a whole shop based, you know, geared around the West Wing. And let so, Bartlett be Bartlett. Yeah, let Bartlett be Bartlett or uh, post hoc ergo hoctor proc, proctor, proc, proctor, proctor hoc. Yeah. Like there's a bunch of those. And I thought, oh, so I think I'm going to just like, you know, show my wife this ad. <laughs> hey, want a Christmas present? Here you go. Or for me, not for her. She doesn't care. I do. <laughs> Sorry, that was weird. Sarah, I'll text you. Yeah, let her let her know. Oh, I got an idea for you. Um, so last few notes I'm gonna roll through here before I get into clips because I captured a lot of clips in this movie. I don't know if this is the most clips I've captured from a movie, but twelve is a lot of clips. <laughs> plus That's the plus the intro, but they're all super short. Of course, yeah. yeah. I, honestly, the script for this could be like uh, you know a, a double sided piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and like you know, direction for scene. Talk about how outraged you are about the regulations they're violating. You know, and then John Cusack's like, "This flies in the face of all these." It is kind of funny. Like, it it does feel like this movie is trying to do a little bit of social commentary amidst the explosions and chase scenes, right? Like, yeah. Cole Meany is the guy that just comes in. Cole Meany's a blunt instrument, right? He's also a trope. He's the guy that we're gonna we got to get a guy on the inside. No guns. I'm gonna sneak a gun on board. Um, you 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 can't shoot down my plane. I'm gonna get in this attack helicopter and tell this pilot to shoot it down. Yet the other attack helicopter listens to John Cusack for some reason. But I never understood that dynamic. But uh, charisma, Sean. You what? Yeah. <laughs> And like, like I mean, honestly, like John Cusack sends ninety percent of his act, his lines just yelling at Cole Meany. I mean, that's like yeah. most of what he does is just he just screams. That's at why him. he took the gig, honestly. <laughs> yeah, he's like, wait a minute, I get to yell at at uh, at Chief Chief yeah. O'Brien. Oh, yeah, man. I knew you were doing that. Yeah. I knew that you were searching for that name. I couldn't remember. I knew it was Chief. <laughs> I couldn't remember O'Brien for a second. Yeah. It's too funny. And there is a weird thing, by the way. This is a Star Trek side note. 
But like, it feels like for whatever reason, all of the uh, engineers have to be Scottish. Like Jordy is like the he breaks the mold, you know, because you got Scotty, who of course he's, he's an actual actor, is Canadian, but that's not the point. He, you know, you get Scotty, and then in the remake, before they get Scotty, it's uh, it's engineer. Um, I think it's like engineer Olson. But he has a Scottish accent. Like it's this thing. It's it's weird. It doesn't matter. Well, anyway. If you're you know an engineer, what? you have to be Scottish. Yeah. I was th- I was thinking about it the other day, and I, I think the only explanation is that Scotty's sandbagging. When Kirk goes like, "Hey, how are things?" Let me tell you, every episode things are real bad, and like I don't think we're gonna make it every time from Scotty. And yeah. then Kirk is like, "All right, we'll just uh, figure it out. I guess you have seven minutes." And then every time, like clockwork, Scotty's like, oh, actually, we figured it out, bro. You it's know? In, in and six it's and like, a half, yeah. Yeah, well, then you're obviously like, uh, you, you're getting a little cavalier with how bad things are. <laughs> well, they, they, they actually do make a joke in one of the movies. The line is, he goes, I need, uh, you know, how long will it take you to fix it? And he goes, it'll take me six weeks, but since we don't have six weeks, I'll do it for you in two. And he's like, do you always do your multiplication by factors of three? And he goes, yeah, that's how I can keep my uh, my reputation as a miracle worker. So like, I they even make that joke even in the movie series is like, yeah, he, he, he like he this is the thing that Scotty does. He's like, I need warp speed in six hours. Well, it'll take me fifty, but I can give it to you in two or whatever, you know. So yeah, yeah, which uh, you know, I, I think it's it's great like one time for that to happen, but for it to happen over and over again, I think is you know is what it, why. Is that's why our generation is messed up? No, and know what it's you know what it really is, and and Andrew and I will will can attest to this. It's 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 because he's a government employee. <laughs> he, is, he is he is he is job security is what that is. He is it's one hundred percent job security. My boss yep. comes to me and says, "I need this project done." Yeah, this will probably take me about a week and a half, and then when I do it in four days, he's like, "Oh man, great!" Yeah, right. Give me a raise. <laughs> Underpromise and over delivery, yeah. yeah at, at the same time, you know, maybe maybe we just find a situation for Scotty where he can invoice us for for a normal project. You get it done as quick as you can. Invoice me for whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, if you do it in twenty minutes, you, you know, you can have a six hour minimum invoice, Scotty. Yeah, you don't have to play us like this. We're not we're not paying you for the time you took you. We're paying you for all the years of experience before you got to the job site. Exactly. We just need to get out of here before the Romulans turn us into uh, Womp Rat Pus. Turn us into what? Womp Rat Pus. Oh, okay. I, you, I made Star Trek into Star Wars. Yeah, you did a little uh, crossover there. I appreciate that. That's always great. <laughs> I just wanted to say Pus. Anyway, let's go. That's fine. So last few notes I'm going to mention before. Um, I love the fact that his... Uh, that um, the. Okay, sorry. We got way off. My point also was like... I like the fact that this movie is trying to do the social commentary that John Cusack is like, these men are products of the system. You know, like you call them animals. They're still men. Like, like they're trying to do this thing. That was kind of a point that I was making a few minutes ago. So, um, anyway, so I, I think it's funny some of the other stuff that they did, some of the like the sight gags they did. Like, for example, when. He goes, I need a plane. And the guy goes, if you got a fast car, you could just drive there, right? And so he goes, and it's hard to imagine that this guy Larkin, who, who wears this white suit, who goes to work at a prison where everything has to be by the book, certain way, drives this just shit car. <laughs> it just, it, 
but he but then he's like he's like hold on a second and he looks at his shit car and then he looks at the vet and then looks back at his car and looks at like it's a funny gag and I laughed this time. Yeah, I, I appreciated the gag. Well, I think I think that's what movies like this are what uh, what bring us closer together as as people. You know, it's like everything that you want to happen you want the the good of humanity to be furthered and advanced but you also want you know the jerk with the nice car you know to get like his car scratched up you know you want the the bully to get beat up you want the nice guy to get the girl like it's just everything it's like yeah. all comfort food emotionally yeah we it is we, comfort food yeah but some comfort food i eat and i don't all like right, it you're not hungry for it we get it <laughs> <laughs> I mean, karma, we honestly, we like karma in our movies because so much in our real lives, we don't get that gratification of karma. Guy cuts you off, speeds, you know, puts an old lady into the guardrail, and you don't see that 50 days from now when he does it again, he's going to get pulled over. You don't see that. So, like, we like that in our movie because, oh, there's the karma. There's our gratification. Um, we missed yeah. it in real life because that's usually what happens. Uh, or like our boss sucks, and then so like when you're finally like, oh, it's you know it's you know the, he gets called into his boss's office. Haha, he's finally going to get his comeuppance. Oh no, he got a, he got a raise and a new office. Okay, you know. So, so we're projecting. Yeah, I, maybe <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, and that's that's the, that's a great equalizer though. Everybody's boss sucks. And I like I'm self-employed. My boss sucks. Like all of us that are self-employed think we suck. So like everybody's boss sucks. It's a unifying phenomenon. If my boss is listening, he doesn't suck at all. You're 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 the best ever. I don't think he listens to this show though. So that's okay. He probably sucks. Uh, actually, he's he's actually legit, pretty decent. I'm not just saying that because there's a possibility he'll listen, but I don't think he will. But um, you know, he actually's. In, in comparison to the last few that I've had, I'll just put it that way. Yeah, no, and that's that's beautiful. It is, not, you know. But generalizations are fun, and I'm gonna keep making. No, you're not. You're not wrong. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, and it's still and it's still fun to make fun of your boss because it's easy to do, right? It's easy to punch up. Yeah, uh, sure. I don't get why Dog is whipping those guys. They're trying to pull the plane out of the sand. Like you're the strongest man out there. Just grab some rope and pull. I don't think like whipping those. I mean, unless I don't know. Unless we I mean, just... I, I don't know much about airplanes. But <laughs> this one looks pretty dang big. And yeah. you've got 10 guys with ropes and... And a tractor. You know, like, like a riding lawnmower. Yeah. And you're going to pull this tr this plane out of the dirt? I, I don't see it. We, we do give criminals... <laughs> we give criminals a lot of credit for uh, knowing how to do... Uh, they're very industrious. Yeah, we, we assume they know how to do all, you know, hand, <laughs> hand related activities, like anything yeah. that you can build or shape or whatever. Like it's very interesting that once once you enter the dark arts, we assume that you're just an expert at like locksmithery and. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, you you know what else though? I'm a genius, and I'm gonna come up with this plan, and I'm gonna. Uh, instead of destroying the evidence, I'm going to hide it in the wall uh, and then put some Play-Doh over it and hope that no one notices. And then have the ability to create a bomb. Out of what? Where did that come from? Like the, the, the liquid. Honestly, Stephen, you know what it looked is like? That... It looked like a smaller version of the bomb they used in Die Hard 3. 
Oh, with the, the fluids? Yeah. 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 Was it prison hooch? What was that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, when my great grandfather died, we found a bunch of peach brandy. Um, you want to talk about that? I mean, it sounds awesome. <laughs> no, it was that uh, we found it in these frosted uh, glass reservoirs in his in his shed, and it looked exactly like the bomb from from Die Hard Three. Nice, <laughs> the one that the one that turned out to be pancake syrup. Exactly, but instead it was it tasted like uh, peaches. Uh, it must be hard to fight where you when you can't stand up. I always thought that was kind of a neat little fight scene, and it would be hard to choreograph when you can't you know, stand up all the way. I would think that'd be kind of uncomfortable. Um, we kind of already made fun of the, of Lerner Airfield. And so I wrote, okay, cool airplane graveyard, but why are some, why is some of the metal smoking? Is this the set of Mad Max? That was my notes. <laughs> yeah. Because they're driving by and it's like, there's still planes on fire or something. It's very, very weird. And why is everything covered in tarps and, uh, that uh, what is it? That camouflage type material? Yeah, like a duck blind. Everything yeah. like a duck blind. What, what is that about? I don't know. It, who goes to an airplane graveyard and says, "You know what look good on that? Let's put a let's put some duck blind fabric on it." I'm let's still confused. Let's put a con- ghillie suit and I'm, just stretch it out. I'm still confused as to why the air traffic controller guy, which is clearly a dude, because we see him has a suitcase with a dress in it. Maybe, I didn't think maybe, about that. Dude. Maybe he and Steve Buscemi have like a side thing. I mean, maybe it's a, he's a cross-dresser. Who knows? I don't know. It fit that. It fit a can't dance guy pretty well. Uh, let's see. Uh, he did tell him that the last guy told him to have patience. He burned him down and bagged his ashes. So that's a little bit of a little foreshadowing there. Uh, I, I wrote, poor Bubba. Why does one chopper pilot listen to? I already mentioned that. Let's see. The prop coming through the plane was always a cool shot and still holds up. I think it still holds up. Yeah, but it didn't do anything. Like It just forced him cool, to separate us all. It just forced him to... It's a cool shot. Yeah. But, like, chop his arm off. Something. Give me something. Like, even a finger. Hey, I don't <laughs> care. Just have a purpose other than just to make them separate. It's like, all right, boys, time out. You got to go to your corner, and you go to your corner. Yeah, that's what I got out of that. Yeah, they needed a. It, it could have cut the uh, the bunny rabbit for uh, Cameron Poe's kid in half in the in terrifying. the cargo hold. That would have been, you know, would have been terrifying. Oh. Yeah. Uh, if he really wanted to get away, just don't be on top of the ladder of the truck. I don't. I mean, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and of course, there's only two people that didn't see him. Okay, hold on. Here's another thing that did kind of annoy me, and I didn't think about it until this time. But the two bike cops that end up joining the fight, joining the chase, that ultimately do nothing. They get hosed, and they just fall down. And they they have to have the joke where he drops the donut, and they join. What the F? An airplane just crashed on the strip. Why aren't you doing your job? (laughs) Another crazy day in Vegas. Right, like, oh, an airplane. A C-123 just landed on the strip, like, in the old downtown part. Like, should we go do something? Nah, man, we got our, it's our donut break. We're cops. It sucks. <laughs> I didn't, it didn't bother Not me until, rub. it didn't bother me until this time, but it kind of annoyed me. And of course, his bike was made of explodium. He crashed on the thing. I, poor Diamond Dog got blown up. I mean, is that really that unbelievable, though? That <laughs> something like really tragic is happening and somebody's standing around going, nah, I'll let somebody else deal with that. But, but yeah, the, man. Yeah, 
but not cops, right? Like, but not cops. Well, no, the cops don't even have a mandate to, if they feel like their lives are at risk, they don't have to respond, man. They can just bow out. Yeah. Yeah. They actually, they actually don't have a mandate to, to rescue us. I guess the idea would be like, but would they just be over there eating a donut? <laughs> I don't know, I guess. Yeah, I bet a bunch of people would. That, yeah. that shouldn't be surprising. I guess. Did you hear about that airplane that just crashed? Yeah, it came over the radio. Pff, I ain't going to respond to that stuff, man. There's bad yeah. there's, there's convicts over there. We're going to stay over here and eat a donut. Yeah, I uh, can't. I'm close to overtime. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm getting too old for this stuff. I'm about to retire. Yeah, then why are you a bike cop? Leave me alone. This, this plot told me to. Uh, I miss the 90s cool ways to kill bad guys. So you think he's going to get crushed because Poe hooks him to the ladder and, and sticks him straight up. So you think he's going to get killed by like a low bridge or a tunnel or something, you know, just get squished yeah. like Wile E. Coyote, right? But instead, he gets flipped out of it, goes through the window and then crashes into some electrical line, lines and gets electrocuted. And then he falls onto a conveyor belt, which <laughs> drops him into the thing where his face gets smashed. Like, like, like a Rube Goldberg to kill you is such a '90s thing, yeah. and and it's it's kind of amazing and and terrible at the same time. That's all can my I notes. About, can I talk about my two eye rolls? Yes, please, real quick. These are specific things. Yeah. Dave Chappelle falls from the sky. Yeah. He's got the writing on his shirt. And the cop's talking to Cusack, and he says, it's got your name written all over it. Yeah. Eye roll. Number two, plane crashes into the casino. <laughs> Lucky number seven, jackpot, baby. Yeah. That's the, that's the one that really got me. Do we need that? I mean, come on. If this is not slapstick comedy, we... Uh, you know... It was ham-handed. It was ham-handed. Yeah, and not, and not only do they do they they, they jackpot some some uh, some machines, they also then crash into a cash-carrying uh, armored car <laughs> and spew out you know thousands of dollars into the air for circulation. Yeah, man, if you only knew about movies and armored cars, uh, you know you could really get left with a taste in your mouth. It's like, how come they don't employ anybody? With the armored cars, who uh, is in any way qualified to do anything <laughs> at all? Yeah, and like all we know about in in movies is armored car personnel who are just like, oh no, how did you guys get in here? Yeah, that one that they're easy to break into. Two, they're very breakable, and three, they carry Cowards. and they carry billions of dollars in singles. Yeah, and like bear bonds and like you know incalculable fortunes, but they're just they're they're idiots. Yeah, yeah, they all suck. All right, you ready for some clips? Because I got a bunch I need to cook through here. Go for it. All right, here we go. This one, this is most of these are lines that just downright just made me laugh. So here we go. We don't exactly have a playtime like you. We do go outside though, but normally we don't hold hands. <laughs> I love the idea of normally. normally. That's the word that they added. Normally we don't hold hands. As in, there are exceptions to the rule in which we do hold hands. Sometimes you get made into a bitch for someone. <laughs> you have to hold his hand. Uh, I um, So we're getting the intro of the characters of the bad guys, and I captured Diamond Dog's whole intro just because it, it made me kind of laugh. 
And who is that good-looking brother on screen? Nathan Jones, a.k.a. Diamond Dog, former general of the Black Gorillas. He blew up a meeting of the National Rifle Association saying, and I quote, they represented the basest negativity of the white race. He wrote a book in prison called Reflections in a Diamond Eye. New York Times called it a wake-up call for the black community there, talking to Denzel for the movie. Yeah, there you go. Ooh. Uh, that would have been great. Yeah. Yeah, looking forward to it. That's a little bit of fourth wall breaking, right? You got, you got Denzel talking to yeah. Denzel in the movie. Yeah, so. All right. Uh, here's some Dave Chappelle love. Oh, man, it smells like so much shit in your mouth. You told me you loved me. <laughs> <laughs> that did make me laugh. Yeah, it did. I kind of wonder if like he improv that. That guy, like the actor, didn't know he was going to say that. I just... I, would have been great. Uh, this is one of my favorite lines in the whole movie. Gag and bag this Nazi muffin. I just love yeah. that line. I have always yeah. loved that. Oh, my Gag gosh. Gag and bag this Nazi muffin. Gag and bag this Nazi muffin. Uh, oh, did I miss? Oh, darn. I missed one of the, one of the things. I I thought I captured it, but I guess I didn't. It's also the part where he says, if you, uh, if you so much as fart in my general direction and it bothers my my delicate uh nasal yeah, passages my te- sensitive nasal my airway, airways, airways your testicles will become my personal property I, I like that bit i missed that part uh yeah. here's um cusack yelling at colmini about some stuff hey i don't like him if he speaks again this conversation is terminated he doesn't want to talk again really he's done talking he's leaving the building okay <laughs> It's so dumb. It's so dumb. Oh, okay. Fine. I'm sure he actually got up and left the building. Sure. Uh, here we go. Yeehaw! It's on your mind, hillbilly. What was I thinking about? Oh, yeah. Yeehaw. That's right. <laughs> Come on, Andrew. How do you not love that? How was that not the best thing you've ever heard? Uh... <laughs> um... Okay, I <laughs> I hate that I hate to say this because my mother in law does it, but I it, it I always kind of hate it when people add the word R the letter R in car wash. It always oh yeah, car yeah. Wash. oh just just yeah. okay here. I get ten feet from the car wash and then pop car wash. Oh, yeah, drives me crazy. My mother-in-law, she'll say, "Oh, those those politicians in Washington." I'm like, "Boy, are there is there a different place? Because the politicians in Washington are bad. I don't know about Washington. Yeah, I can't do it. They're generally the same people that say WalMarts. WalMarts, yeah. Yeah, got to go to the WalMarts. Yeah, got to go to O'Charlie's. Oh, O'Charlie's? Oh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, he was like, "Please don't <laughs> tell me that's a thing." Uh, I mean, you know, it's espresso with an X instead of an S. You know, there's there's a bunch of dumb things, but car wash. Or um, the other one that that um, uh, I hear a lot is a crossed. They had a T. I had to go across the field. Huh. Yeah, I hear that one a lot. I always say if you hear people say, uh, "I got to go across town." Interesting. <laughs> they had they had. Okay. <laughs> They're just sliding the T over to the wrong spot. I got you. No, I'm messing with you. No, you're not. From, no. Andrew, from, Andrew got it. From from Affer. <laughs> That's all I have to say. 
Frost Down. I uh, I still uh I still tell people that story about from Affer. It's a great story. Here we go. The the line of the movie. I said, put the bunny back in the box. Trey. Mm-hmm. Bunny. Put the bunny. Back. Put life the is bunny like a box of bunnies. Back in the box. Dang it. <laughs> oh, that's great. I'm um, for real now. There's a pedophile down there in a drained pool in someone's backyard. You should check that out. <laughs> I think he may have been hanging out with somebody's daughter. We do not know. What a weird place for a kid to play. I yeah. know. It's, it's all stalled. I set up my tea party right in the middle of this <laughs> drain. Also, thing. people don't drain their pools. You know, for the winter, like you, you cover your pool. Like people aren't just like get these ten thousand gallons out of here. I it seems it, it does seem weird. I mean, I it, I mean this 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 small little trailer park village next to this Mad Max airport. It it kind of makes you think like I guess the idea is that these are just really low income. They're they're so poor that they can't afford water in their pool. I guess is the, <laughs> right, is, which is like what? Yeah, it, I guess that's something I can think of, but. Maybe if you would just take go over, you know, next door and get all those propane tanks and turn them in, you could have, you know, afford something. I don't know. Yeah. This is, I, I think, some of the best dialogue in the movie, and of course, it's being spoken by John Malkovich. What exactly are we discussing here? Oh, don't want me to off the pigs. Well, it's not difficult to surmise how Nathan here feels about killing guards, and my own proclivities are. Uh well-known and uh, often lamented facts of penal lore. That's the only time he talks like that in the entire movie. The rest of the movie is he's saying stuff like this. Sai Anara. <laughs> yeah. I mean... <sighs> and the last one... Any chance to get proclivities in, honestly. Yeah. He, should, he should have won an Academy Award just for making me Google that word when I was you know, 12. <laughs> Before Google existed, even you'd have dogpiling that word. You would have to like go into my my parents' little book room and pull out an encyclopedia. Uh, encyclopedia. Yeah. Uh, and this is the last one. This is now going to go in my repertoire of funny noises. Ah! <laughs> uh, that's that's when he slaps the Sally can't dance. There you go. There you go. There it is. That's going to go right next to... <laughs> Wait, you should also add uh, the Monty Python message for you, Sam. Uh, well, we haven't done Monty Python, so I don't, I don't have arrow, that. Like, message for you, Sam. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, I do have this. That's a, that's a weird noise that, Robin, that Kevin Costner made in Robin Hood. Oh, yeah. When he was goosing the, the bishop or whatever he was. So, yeah. There you go. Steven. <laughs> I got a bunch of the fun ones. There you go. All right. Time for this. And now for some more bad news. Ready? All right. I'm going to cook through some of this because we got... And there's a lot. There's a lot of trivia on this movie, but I've already mentioned some, which is great. Uh, this this film is dedicated to Phil Schwartz at a and an effects specialist who died during filming when a rigged plane fell and crushed him. 
my oh, god. Yeah. yeah, that's a bummer. Well, uh, I mean, maybe he could have been like a real, you know, shit heel. We don't know. Well, let's just assume that he was a good guy. <laughs> uh, John Cusack allegedly dislikes this film so much that he refuses to be interviewed about it. What? Yeah. The song, How Do I Live, was nominated for both an Oscar for Best Original Song and a Razzie for Worst Original Song. It did not win either. Uh, that's <laughs> another thing. This and Leonard Skinner, like... I, why? I mean, and the the soundtrack itself, to the score to the movie, mm-hmm. was annoying. I, I mean, we used to rate the score. Yeah, we used to. But uh, I would give this one an A for just annoying as hell. Well, this movie also suffers from the fact that it had two different composers. Uh, they, they had the, the first guy who had to drop out for, for, I can't remember why, and then they brought in Taste. brought in somebody else. So, I mean, there's two <laughs> composers. And that makes sense. I mean, it's a Bruckheimer film, but it doesn't really have the Bruckheimer. I mean, it's not Hans Zimmer, so there's not a, there's not a lot of that driving. It's just a lot of, uh, you know, it's just a lot of the, bomb, bomb, bomb. You know, it's just a lot of that. There's not a lot of other, kind of, and there's a lot of screaming guitar, right? There's a lot of like heroic late '80s. Top Gun guitar riffs in this movie too. Honestly, this sounds like the soundtrack from The Rock, but like if it if it was like Junior Varsity. Yeah, it was the leftover stuff from The Rock. Yeah, yeah. It, the, the Rock didn't bother me though. No, this The Rock one, is actually not bad. It's pretty good. This one annoyed me. The Jailbird airplane used during the the flight scenes had a series of owners, both military and private. In December of '03, it was sold to West. I'm sorry, to All West Freight, Inc., in Delta Junction, Alaska, which is, I've, I've been there. On August 1st, 2010, it crashed into Mount Healy in Denali National Park, killing all three flight crew. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, and finally, okay, so <laughs> it's been a while since we've had one of these, but this this is... I don't know. This is just one of those things. Gary Oldman was the first choice to play Cyrus the Virus. Kevin Bacon, Alec Baldwin, George Clooney, Robert De Niro, Michael Douglas, Richard Dreyfuss, James Gandolfini, Ed Harris, Rudger Hauer, William Hurt, Michael Keaton, Michael Madsen, Jack Nicholson, Sean Penn, Ron Perlman, Tim Robbins, Tom Sizemore, John Travolta, Peter Weller, and Bruce Willis were also considered. So basically every male dude in Hollywood in the 90s. Yeah. yeah, that's wild. Yeah. I wonder if they were really considered or if it was just like, here's the list of names that we... Yeah, yeah. here's a list of all of the white dudes in Hollywood. Yeah. Hey, everybody but Jeremy Irons, let's go. Pretty, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, when did Die Hard 3 come out? Was that 98 or 97? Not soon enough, I'll tell you that. I can't remember what it came out because, yeah. Anyway... That's all the trivia I got. Time for this. Excuse me while I whip this out. We decided to do airplane movies or movies with airplanes in them, prominent airplanes. Uh, Andrew, you get to go first because you picked it because you always okay. go first. Uh, number three, I have a little film called Red Eye. Uh, 
where uh, yeah. where Rachel McAdams gets to stab somebody in the neck with a pin, which is pretty cool. And then uh, number two, I have a really great film that I watched all the time with my dad growing up, Memphis Belle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then number one, the best plane movie of all times, Air Force One. There you go. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, Get off my plane. Yeah. <laughs> it's... Uh, yeah, Stephen, what you got? Well, number three, I'm going to have to say Flight of the Navigator. Uh, I, I'm counting spaceships as planes because they're de- designed with aerodynamics in, in mind. Okay. I'll allow it. Um, Flight of the Navigator. And, uh, all right, number two, I'm going to say sleeper pick, Forever Young, Mel Gibson. Oh, yeah, that's a fun one. <laughs> oh, man, I haven't seen that in forever. Yeah. I just love that movie, and I don't, I don't know why. That's uh, another one I watched a lot as a kid. Yeah. But there's a, there's a lot of, more than you think, uh, it, in the beginning of that movie, They're, they spend an hour like just letting him be a test pilot. Yeah, <laughs> you're just kind of like, can we get to this movie already? Uh, and then number one, plane movies. <sighs> it's tough. I'm gonna have to go with the rescue. Kevin Dillon, or not Kevin Dillon? Yeah, wait, Matt Dillon. What's his brother? Kevin, the guy that was in Entourage, right? The Rescue. Yes. Is that, is that Kevin Dillon? I think that's right. Seems right. It is Matt Dillon's brother. I know that much. Uh, I'm looking for... Yeah, Kevin Dillon, yeah. Okay, no. The Rescue. It's it's like a... Uh, Never heard of this. You, you've seen it. It's, it's an old movie, but it's like these kids and their dads are in the military... And there's some like Russian uh, shenaniganery, and uh, the kids they go on a they they get a plane is what they do. <laughs> so what you're telling me is that Iron Eagle. Yes, it's similar to Iron Eagle, but children. A group of kids venture into enemy territory in an ambitious attempt to rescue their Navy SEAL fathers who were captured doing a failed mission in North Korea. They sneak into North Korea. Yeah, don't worry about it, Sean. <laughs> Okay, everything's fine, and it works out. And there's some Bruce Springsteen love in there. It's a fantastic film. James Cromwell is in it. I, I, he makes everything better. And, of course, he's, uh, you know, the Star Trek. Um, God, yeah, I've never heard of this thing. It's crazy. Wow. It has a 5.6 rating on IMDb. Well, I don't know if that's good or not, but... <laughs> well, I don't... The, We've just established that this is the best plane movie that's ever been made. So maybe go check it out. <laughs> I don't know if we have or not, but that's fine. That's uh, okay. The rescue. Cool. All right. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you're gonna love it. Oh, uh, okay. So I'm gonna change mine up a little bit because Andrew basically because the rescue is on your list too. Well, no, because Andrew said most of mine. So, uh, so I'm gonna go kind of old school. With my plane choice. I'm trying to think of the other one. All right. So I'm going to do with number three is I'm going to do Memphis Belle at number three. Because I too, I, I also love that movie. I think it's really good. I watched that in high school. In my high school like history class, we watched that. Yeah, really? Yeah. It's really good. Number two, this isn't, well, okay. Hi, number two, 
Highway, highway, high road. Shoot, I forgot what it's called. Uh, Stealth. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's called High Road to China. Oh, I love High Road to China. Uh, it was one of those movies that my mom watched all the time. It's Tom Selleck, and he's trying to get his uh, girlfriend, whatever, to China, to her father, who was Wilford Brimley or somebody. I don't remember. I don't remember the movie Diabetes. much. but Diabetes, man. Maybe. It might be... The, uh, yeah, Wilford Brimley. Yeah, he just passed away recently. Uh, my number one, I'm gonna do. It's not actually my favorite. My favorite would would be Air Force One, but Andrew said it, so I'm gonna change it up and do Flyboys, the World War One with yeah, James Franco, yeah. and I like that movie. I think it's actually pretty. Is that the Franco? Yeah. 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 That's all right. For for well, a... he's he stays out of the way enough. Yeah, it's it's a good movie, and it's and it's actually pretty accurate. I mean, there's not a whole lot of World War One movies anyway, because it's yeah. not a very sexy war to talk about. But because um, we America wasn't in it for very long, but it's uh, it's a cool movie, I think, and they actually do a pretty good job of depicting what it was like during air combat, uh, for the most part. I mean, they do some there's some CGI shenanigans that would. Shenanigan? That's not a word, but you know what I mean. Shenaniganery. Yeah, where basically like the planes would have blown apart had they been doing the maneuvers that they actually did. So that's fine. All right, yeah, that was cool. They made them out of uh, paper mache. Pretty much. You're, you're, I mean, yeah. And uh, like those big bombers, you would actually have to walk out into the wing to pour fuel into the engines on the wing. Like outside. There's something on the wing. <laughs> it's just That's just Bob putting gas in. Calm down. Uh Bill Shatner. Jeez. All right. Anyway, uh, this. Wait, what's supposed to happen? Out of 10, we're going to give this movie a score out of 10. And Andrew is basically going to tell us why it's not a 10. Well, it's not a 10 for many reasons. But if, <laughs> if you also look at IMDb, if the, the main poster, it has in order uh, of, of the names, Nick Cage, John Malkovich, and... Uh, what's his face? John, John Cusack. Cusack yeah. But underneath that, they're not in that order in the pictures. Nick Cage is in the middle. Yeah, I don't know so why. They're not movie. under their names. That's probably like a monogram towel, man. Problem number two <laughs> is we've got Ving Rhames on the back holding two guns, shirtless. When did that happen in the movie? Just mm -hmm. stop. Stop. Uh, so for those reasons, and because it's just a terribly acted movie. Oh, wait. How did I miss wait. So keep do your thing. I missed something. Go ahead, keep doing it. Okay. I missed this one. Well, Welcome to Con Air. I don't know how I missed that one. That's the best one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm gonna give it a four. <laughs> All right. Because I don't want to watch it again. That's fine. You I'm like it? A lot of it's dumb. I'm trying to think. Let me go back and look. When was the last time you gave a movie a four? Uh, the last movie you did uh, for was The Wizard of Speed and Time. Oh, yeah, it's man. right there with it. Oh. <laughs> oh, that is incorrect. Yeah, I mean, I actually like that movie a lot, but you're that, you're, okay, that's fine. All right, <laughs> Stephen, if, you, if you've not watched The Wizard of Speed and Time, it's actually kind of magical. Um, yeah. No, I haven't, but I'm, you know, I'm a free agent, so let's go. Yeah, let's do it. What you got, Stephen? I'm going to give it a 6.9. All right. I can dig it. 
Uh, I I have a lot of fond memories of this movie. I mean, it, it's you know, all of the issues that we said aside, I don't really care. This movie is dumb and it's loud and it's explosive and it's kind of visually offensive and you know Nicolas Cage's accent is offensive and um, I don't care. I just love this movie. <laughs> I I want to go watch it again. Like let's let's do a live review of it like right now. Let, let's go. I could seriously watch this movie again. So <laughs> I'm gonna give it a, a seven point five because I have so much fun with this thing. So um yeah. I don't, I don't care. It's just we've done this before, Andrew or, or Steven, I should say, where we've had movies where we're like, yeah, we know it's not great, but we don't care. You know, I yeah. think we we I think the last time we said that was like for um, like Back to the Future Three. We're like, it's not the best of the three, but we don't care. It's still great. Though yeah. it's though it's actually my favorite of the three, personally. It's like Ninja Turtles Three. <laughs> I, I just really like to learn about feudal Japan. Yeah. yeah, like yeah, this movie's garbage, but neat. Yeah, I don't think I've actually seen that movie since probably the last time I watched it with you at your house in High Point. Well, 25 years ago. Let's go break in and ask him if it's cool if we watch a movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, you guys don't like NASCAR, do you? Yeah. I'm Steve Everett. Yeah, I, uh, I, I used to live here, and uh, we just we, we got some pillows here. We're going to build a fort down in your basement and watch some movies. Is that cool? Like, okay, appreciate it. Yeah, can you move all the stuff out of the uh, under the stairs, the Harry Potter cupboard? <laughs> Oh, you're at my house now. Yeah, I got you. Um, yes. Uh, there we go. That's it. Yeehaw! All right. So that's going to do it. That's our show. My gosh, this was fun. Thank you again, Stephen, for joining us on this episode. It was my pleasure. Honestly, Cheap Seat Reviews keeps me going. Oh. What, what would the world do without you guys? Uh, uh, it would be probably be a little bit better, honestly. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what is that Sam, hat you're wearing? What, what what are you wearing? What is that? It looks like a bird. I played golf today. Uh, so it's a new company called Walter Sky, and they make 100% crushable polyester hats that they keep their form, but you can just like put them in your pocket all day. They can get wet. They're waterproof. It's incredible. Nice. It does kind of look like a bird. They're only $700. Look like a bird with a pen. <laughs> well, maybe. So, Independent singer-songwriters are doing way better than I thought if you can afford a $700 hat. No, I'm just kidding. But they're just, they're incredible. That is that's pretty cool that it holds its shape like that. Yeah, that is neat. I'm, I'm, I'm both jealous and impressed. I kind of want one now. Well, they're like 30 bucks. All right. I Christmas just, is coming, buddy. I just need one that has like, you know, Appalachian State, Carolina Panthers, or Tar Heels, or something else on it. I don't want hey. I don't want a weird bird logo. Thanks for listening to Cheap Seat Reviews. Make sure that you uh, buckle your condoms, and fasten <laughs> your. Wait, what's that line that Steve Martin says in the uh, Father of the Bride? Oh gosh, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Be sure to buckle your condoms. I'm pretty sure that's what he says. That sounds real. <laughs> um, I declare bankruptcy. Stephen, what's your website in case people want to buy your music? tell you what if you want to buy my music i'll be surprised but you can go to steveeverettmusic.com or steveeverett.net or you can just google steve everett e-v-e-r-e-t-t and i'll be the first thing that comes up 
Don't Google Steve Robert nude, though. <laughs> yeah. Did if, you know that Clint Eastwood uh, in the movie... Uh, Bridges in Madison County? No. In the oh. movie uh, True Crime, he plays a character named Steve Everett. Really? Yep. He's that's, a newspaperman. That's awesome. <laughs> and he's Jewish, right? He's a news, newspaperman? <laughs> newspaperman. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Make sure you go to cheapseatreviews.com. No, don't go there. (laughs) Yeah, don't go there. That that website doesn't exist. Cheapseatreviews.libsyn.com is the only way you can find old websites or old episodes, I should say. Yeah, cheapseatreviews.com is no more. Uh, We got rid of it because it honestly served no purpose other than to drain my bank account. Sean, I'll handle this. You guys need to... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash cheap seat reviews. Uh, leave us a review, iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, Stitcher, where else are we? iHeartRadio, uh, pretty much everywhere except Spotify. That's pretty much that's and where we we'll are. We'll see you at the Plasma Donation Center on Thursday nights <laughs> at 6 p.m. Yeah. where we make our livings. Thank yeah. you for listening. Well, we are government employees, so we're at least state employees. So, yes, at Cheap Seat Cast is our Twitter. Cheapseatreviews at gmail.com is how you can send us emails. If there's anything you want us to do for Christmas, please let us know. Um, like I said before, the only thing we got on the books is the uh, the Christmas Chronicles 2. Other than that, if there's anything you guys want us to do, we are more than happy to do that thing because, well, we'd like to hear from you. Uh, yeah, that's going to do it. This was a lot of fun. Again, big thanks to Steve. Uh, for joining us next week is I think next week's the week before Thanksgiving so I don't know what's going to happen right isn't next week the week before Thanksgiving or is it the week after I've lost sounds good I've lost all track of time I have no idea what's going on we're going to do a movie uh, it's supposed to be Enola Holmes it will be our next movie the the Sherlock Holmes' sister movie thing so we'll yeah. do that next week it's a fun little flick yeah so We will see you next week for Enola Holmes, probably. Maybe. Probably.